Welcome to the Global Dads Council podcast, where we discuss and debate the most pressing issues for fathers and men around the world. I'm Paul Sullivan, founder of the Company of Dads. Today, in episode three, we're gonna talk about work-life balance. It's a term that gets used uh, a ton. Um, you know, personally, it's one that uh, uh, annoys me um, because I think we just have life and we fit all kinds of things into life. But all of us have jobs. We're, we're seeing, you know, what men uh, who are dads and women uh, who are moms are struggling with coming out of the pandemic. So we're going to focus on this this hot topic. Hanson, why don't you take us out and and tell us, you know, what you're seeing from your membership and some of the organizations that you work with in in the UK. Yeah, thank you, um, Paul. So this is an area we've done a lot of work in for a few years now. The reason for that is, even though we talk a lot about the generational shift that's happening for fathers across the world, on the whole, organisations and organisational progress has been a lot slower. I think there's still this belief that dads, across a lot of industries, should really just be at work, quote unquote. I think there are a number of different organisational structures that keep dads at work. Um, I think when you compound that with sometimes men's own silence, and I think as well, the kind of probably the lack of safe space to really have a conversation and to be open for fear of reprisal or to put on the B League or sometimes be given grunt work um, further compounds that issue. So we actually did a research project with Deloitte back in 2019 just pre the pandemic and then we followed that up um, a couple of years later with our dads in lockdown study and what we found was that a huge number of dads in the uk so it was a a, a qual and quant research process with over 2000 working dads uh, across the uk and what we found is that a great number were looking for a different type of work life pattern um but not really finding it so we found for instance that at the time um, I think it was 14% of all the dads we interviewed were requesting things like working from home one to two days a week that you know, a lot of us would probably see as relatively just default now. Uh, but at the time, less than one in five, so about 19% of that 14% was actually being formally granted that. And I think there's a number of different st- structural things that really, really need to change in regards of working patterns, in terms of how dads feel comfortable, what's really going to unlock real thriving for dads in organisations. And I think the thing I see a lot as well is that so often people think of this um, just as a dad's issue, and it really isn't, you know, because actually unlocking dads at work is really about unlocking families. It's about unlocking what's right for partner and ultimately what's great you know, for kids and the whole family. So it really is that kind of missing link in terms of wider gender equality. Um, so we do a lot of things around workshops, talks, we embed different mentoring programs and different organisations. And part of that is because actually what we want to start to see is not so much just that cultural leadership top down, but actually some of that behaviour bottom up as well. And actually for dads, experienced dads and dads-to-be to start to connect and actually bring more of that dad identity to life. Um, so it's something we're super, super passionate about. And I think it, it's it always fascinates me because I think a lot of this is also very cultural. Um, you know, in Japan and certain areas of Asia, the policies around things like paternity leave, for instance, are actually very generous, but the take-up is not at all high. And there's a deeper conversation to be unlocked there. Yeah, we did an early podcast, a couple of these. One was looking at, in the United States, the average paternity leave that uh, a man took was a day, which is crazy because yeah. 
that's the average. And 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 I remember when my last child was born, I have three, I took a month. And so, which isn't even very long, uh, but in the US it's it's a long time. And so I'm I'm skewing the average at, you know, a month, but you know, there it is just one day. So think of all the dads who take no time off. And paternity is obviously a big issue here in the US, but I I, I wanna throw the question out there. What about, you know, um, for those things that, you know, you you can't plan for? Like, look, we, we've all had kids, we know it's tough. Uh, the first couple months, particularly your first one, to get to get used to the rhythm. But it's not like it gets uh, easier. It's not like you know, thirteen-year-olds don't have uh, problems and, and need their their mom or dad to to come home from work. You know, Brian, what are you seeing in in Singapore with, with your organization? And and I know you have a, a mom connection with your organization as well. But what are you seeing in Singapore with you know how people are looking at? their life and the way they divide up their life between, um, you know, working, parenting and, and, and being with their, their spouse in this, you know, quasi post pandemic world. Yes. I think in this, uh, I have to say that, um, uh, thanks to the pandemic in a way, uh, we've been given a new, uh, vision of, uh, of new possibilities of how work and life could be integrated. Um, because for the longest, I mean, traditionally, uh, men in Singapore used to be the primary, uh, providers. Um, increasingly uh, over the years, we find that uh, more women are going into joining the workforce. But what doesn't change um, uh, culturally are uh, the expectations of our moms to still uh, manage the household um, uh, stuff. So you find that, you know, dad and mom goes to work. Uh, when both come back, mom still has to manage the home while dads, uh, you know, start to, start to chew a little. Uh, increasingly, we've been... Um, encouraging more men to to take on shared parenting to take on shared um household uh responsibilities um and that affects even the uh corporate culture to uh, the, the whole narrative about you know who should be uh picking up the call when the when the school calls or you know when when the when the child needs to be tended to who's the one who's going to be taking leave right more often than not it's always the mom um and so we've been trying to i mean we as an organization, a center for fathering, and that's for life in Singapore, have been engaging a lot of the corporate entities as well as the government to try to shape the the the, the narrative to make it more conducive, uh, not just at workplaces, but even in in, in the community, in our society, uh, for dads to be able to, you know, uh, play a more active role uh, in the home, to not be, um, and, and not, not leave it to, you know, moms to, to do that. Uh, we've even started an award. It's called the Great Companies for That Award that we give out every year by the President of Singapore to company to recognize companies that have very family centric uh, policies that have good take up rates of you know paternity leave that goes beyond uh stipulate the uh, regulated stipulations of what family centric policies should be. But I think more importantly, we also try to get our constituents. Uh, the dads in Singapore to you know uh, model what it would be like for us to to be seen to be leading to be excelling at work as we excel at home right we want uh, leadership at home we want men to be able to thrive both at the workplace and also in the home as we do in the community you know so those are the kind of um, like you say Paul you know it's one life and all the things in and we just want to make it integrated so that uh, our children, my, like my children during the pandemic, they see the same Brian at work at my desk uh, as I am as a husband to their mother um, and as I am as a dad to them. And also 
as I am as a son to their grandparents, uh, they need to see the integrated self and not have me have me have uh, four different faces in those uh, different uh, scenarios. And I think the pandemic has forced us men in Singapore, especially to uh, be more aware of um, how we are, how we uh, how we deal with all the various roles that we're expected to to do in front of our children. Uh, to be authentic uh, and to embrace vulnerability as we tackle the kind of challenges that's presented to us uh, at home. Yeah, that makes me think of this uh, piece of research that I saw uh, earlier this year that came out of the pandemic in which this sociologist down in Georgia uh, in the United States was able to um, survey a whole bunch of different families and how they operated during the pandemic. And so they're all different categories. And so the the families where... um, you know, husband and wife were both working from home and still doing the same things, i.e. The, 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 the wife was doing the second shift is what we call it here in the United States, the second shift, we're doing everything. And the dad wasn't um, shock. Uh, it didn't it didn't really work out very well, because once you could see what the other person was doing and you could see, you know, the work that that person was doing, um, the other spouse uh, rightly uh, got a little upset. And, you know, the model that worked here the, the, the best wasn't uh, even a clear division of labor. It was this model where, you know, one parent did uh, a lot and then the other parent was there to to always have her, her back, always be the, the backup and to be there to do, you know, when when that parent had a, a crucial call and couldn't get off the phone or that parent uh, had to, you know, couldn't be interrupted. It was that other parent, you know, changing, typically the man, but changing his schedule around. So it was more of a 70-30 split than a 95 five split you know Rupesh, i'd be interested you know you know brian touched on you know his kids seeing him as a, the whole person not just as a as a, as a worker uh, as a dad and a husband but also as a as a son you know with thinking about you know his own parents you and i Rupesh, have talked in the past about you know multi-generational families living together in india how that affects the dynamic maybe you can talk uh, a bit about you know, the, the work-life balance as, as you're seeing it in, in the Cool Dads Club there in, in, in Bombay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's actually quite right. Uh, you know, each of these things are very, you know, sensitive to uh, the background, the cultures of, you know, where dads come from. Uh, if, if you look at India, you know, India has been very traditionally uh, oriented towards looking at fathers purely as the, you know, financial providers, the, the kind of bread earners of the family. Um, and that's how it has been for many decades. Um, while you could say that, you know, things are transforming a little bit, but I think um, because of the fact that, you know, most of the families are very integrated still in India, where you would find uh, the dad still living with his parents. Uh, he may have his in-laws as well, you know, very close by to him. Uh most of the older generation dads have never complained or raised the voice against this work-life balance. Uh, primarily because the kids were getting managed at home. Either the wife was at home or, you know, his own parents, the grandparents. There is a there is a larger, you know, support structure in place uh, which takes care of the child. So the only thing that these, you know, dads had to worry about uh, was to, you know, be at work, uh, focus on his career. Uh, come back home, spend a little bit of time with the kids uh, and not worry about what else he has to do with the child. But that's how it has been going on for many, many years. Um, There is a slight change definitely taking place with the younger generation dads who I think are more wanting to be involved. Uh, I think 
that's coming from within uh it is not the company culture it is not the way they have been raised uh and i can say that very confidently because when i interview a lot of dads for the cool dads club uh the younger dads have a very different viewpoint on this they don't believe that the company culture has to got to do with anything they they are of the opinion that if i want to do it then i should voice it if if i need to go back home uh to uh sit with my child uh, for an exam that is tomorrow then i should voice it uh if if you're not going to voice it the company is not going to change its policies and as as we all know cultures of organizations don't change overnight there has to be a very collective effort focus which needs to come together by a lot of dads and say that we want to do this and it can only start with one person uh that's how the ripple effect takes place so while we can say that the companies have to have you know structures and policies in place but uh if the father is not going to take the initiative if the father is not going to take the responsibility of wanting to do it if he's not going to voice it nobody's going to listen to him and i think that's the important part that needs to take place i'm i'm of the firm belief that if dad start taking responsibility of doing things which traditionally have fallen you know for moms to do it um the structures will fall into place the policies will fall into place the infrastructure will get created that's really interesting but it has to start with you know people talking about it people wanting to be part of it like i can give you my own personal example when i used to work in my corporate environment and i used to say i need to go back home uh, to take my wife to the doctor or to take my child to a doctor um and at the other end uh, all my colleagues were going out for a you know get together for a team dinner uh, i would be labeled as not a team player mm-hmm. right because i was the black sheep you know i i used to be looked down upon and said that oh how can you you know go back home when there are 15 people who wanting to you know meet up as a team uh but this is what i wanted to do uh so yes there are repercussions for that as well you can get labeled as not being a team player not wanting to be out there with the team but i think each person has got to prioritize his own life yeah that's i mean repash I mean kudos to you for 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 being the person who who quote unquote wasn't the team player and saying this is what i want to do because you know the research we see here in the us is you know if you were to poll these men they would say yes i want to go home and do that as well or yes i want to go and do that but at least here some of the research that we've done or some of the research i've read as well says that it really starts you know at the leadership level and so if if the person who is the manager uh puts his schedule out there and on that schedule you can see on his calendar you can see oh okay he's going here uh to do something on a tuesday uh for his daughter or oh here uh next friday he has something to do with his son it's really that that leader who you know is setting the tone and then allowing people allowing men to feel like oh, okay i guess i can i guess i can do this you know i won't be penalized because again the research here is that you know look it is really well known how uh in, in the united states uh, working moms get penalized uh mm. for, for for having children and being caregivers and i'm sure it's similar where you guys are but you know for for men it's the pen- the the penalty is different it's you are not committed to your job you are not exactly. a committed worker where what it's really saying is you're a human and part mm. of your life is being a worker but part of it is being a dad and husband and all this you know i i mean you know hansen since you've done uh, a, a lot of research you mentioned um some of the work you've done with with deloitte and i think of you know professional services companies you know law firms as the types of companies that 
um, really have to, you know, all companies have to address this, but some of them have been a little better uh, in addressing this because they don't want to lose um, their senior female partners and, and they don't want, you know, the, the best ones, they don't want their senior male partners to be essentially sociopaths who never see their families. Um, what are some of the stuff that, that, that you found, you know, research-wise, particularly as it pertains to, you know, this period, um, you know, post, post lockdown as, as we emerge from the, the pandemic? There's one big call out stat that the research did uncover. Um, and this was both in the pre-pandemic research and also in the post-pandemic research. It was oddly similar figures, which was that 33% of all first-time fathers had actually left their jobs in order to find better work-life balance. And another 33% on top of that were quote-unquote actively looking. And so you've got this state of play where two-thirds of a modern-day dad audience on average are in some level of flux in an organization which you know has huge ramifications in terms of as you mentioned talent recruitment tension um the thing that i find really interesting and, and it builds on rupesh's point really about a younger generation in some ways being more vocal and i think we're almost seeing the pendulum swing from one way to the other at the moment where you know a couple of years ago i think we've seen more men, more families um, as a whole, almost accept this state of burnout and actually just working super hard, you know, all the all of the good hours um, of the day, and then actually just, you know, meandering really to this mental and physical burnout. And I think we've almost seen it swing the other way in recent times in terms of this kind of quiet quitting that's happening, I, I think, you know, all across the world and sort of doing the bare minimum. The thing that's interesting for me is, um, and I had this meeting earlier this week with, um, I'm on the advisory board of an organization called Flexpo, who do um, lots of events around workplace culture. And actually, what was so enlightening in, in that session was that we were talking about, well, actually, there are certain structures and policies and things that actually necessitate great working practice. And I think we've almost got a danger around the corner and a challenge that actually in sort of giving away too much as an organization, we become actually very, very loose, shall we say. And actually, there is a certain point where people can't necessarily have everything. And I think the the sort of emerging challenge for me is not so much that we shouldn't stand up for important rights. And I think fathers have still got a heck of a long way to go in that. But I think there is a sort of balancing act with things that actually necessitate how organizations need to run and so it's just a little watch out and i'd be interested in, in hearing all of your perspectives on that i guess and, and we were talking about specifically about office working for instance about how you know there's lots of people kind of rebelling against coming back to the office and for a lot of tasks and jobs and roles that's absolutely you know fine for the majority but there is something about face-to-face -face collaboration that gets us somewhere quicker further better um than sort of remote working will and, and so there is a there is a balancing out there but I'd, I'd be really interested to sort of hear what's happening within your regions around that yeah i mean i'll i'll, I'll take that first and two examples really come to mind the first is where there's a a, a very large sort of sports marketing uh firm that is mandating everybody's back in the office four days a week so four out of the five days a week you have to be back which means nobody is going to be there on Friday and everybody's really going to take Friday off and it's not going well. Uh, and even, you know, uh, one of my contacts there, who's a senior partner, 
he he's getting in there two days a week, three days a week, and they're getting reprimanded. Um, and but there's no real reason for them to be in there for this. It's not very you know structured. It's just the idea that you know we'll be here, we'll collaborate more. Um, and people are are pushing back, and I counter that with um a law firm that I know very well, where it's asking people to come in three days a week. Uh, they're not checking uh, rigorously, but one thing they are doing is every team within that law firm. So uh, employment law, real estate law, you know, whatever your your team is, they have to pick one day and be in there and they all have to be in there that one day. So so one of my, my contacts there who works in employment law, uh, their day is Thursday. So pretty much no matter what, you have to be there on Thursday because, you know, here's the other problem. If you say come in three days a week, well, somebody could come in, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and then the next week they could come in, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and you get to this point where you're you're not really overlapping. So it seems to in that situation we're having, you know, three days not really being a nanny and, and checking on people, but you know, having that one designated day is 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 working pretty well. Um what's it what's going on in, in Singapore, Brian? What what is the the situation there for, you know, people, you know, being asked to be in the office or or, or not being asked to be in the office? Yeah, I think the I think the challenges that we face here is pretty much the same as what you see in the in in the states, in UK, even possibly in India. So, uh, we have to. I mean, now now the issue of uh, uh quiet quitting is is starting to to rise. Even quiet firing on the on, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we have people resi- uh being resistant to going back at all. And uh, one of the things that we are trying really hard to do is to to have to to have that conversation between you know employers and and and, and staff on um coming to a, to to the shared consensus or uh, or an agreement that you know uh flexible uh, that as much as you want to be uh, affording everyone flexibility of work uh for uh better integration of life we also want to be conscious about the need for the organization to be profitable. So it's it's about the balance between profit uh, profitability as well as um the latitude that they get in the way the work is being done, and that's where I I realize uh, that a lot of uh I, I call them big boy conversations uh, uh start to take place right like you know um how we need to be uh you know we we can have it all but maybe not at the same time yeah um some of the things that even I do in my organization is to to ensure that you know everyone knows the the desired outcomes. Everyone knows um, the, the timelines and all, and everyone uh, knows when they need to be present and they just schedule their work around it. Uh, make sure that, you know, we don't we don't allow any of the uh, deadlines to to sleep, right? Uh, so that it's it's really out, outcome-based. And to and to have everyone level up to that same state or level of maturity in order to have these kind of conversations, in order to impose um expectations and to make everyone accountable for what uh they are they are to steward whether it's resource whether it's the work whether it's relationship uh we're starting to place a lot more focus on on, on all of these things um as an organization so that we can kind of uh still provide that flexibility uh without compromising our profitability mm-hmm. and 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 Rupesh, to you, what what's happening, you know, around around Bombay, and you know, among some of the dads who are part of the Cool Dads Club, how are they balancing this this return to work mandate with what they got used to, you know, during the the pandemic when we we're all able to to work from home? 
Um, so yeah, I think out here the journey has been quite interesting and uh, you know quite shocking as well for a lot of dads during the pandemic. Uh, contrary to other countries, uh, you know, US, UK, or, or Singapore, uh, uh, you know, in India, most of the dads had to never participate in household chores. They had to never show their face to do anything, you know, because you have, you know, helpers, you have, you know, maids, you have nannies to take care of everything that is required to be done. You know, it's a labor intensive, you know, country. We have 1.3 billion people out here. Uh, so it actually came as a rude shock to a lot of, you know, fathers that they have to end up doing things which they had never imagined. Um, but what was interesting was uh, when, when I spoke to some of these dads, you know, during these times, um, they took up this responsibility quite well, most of them. Uh, which just went to show that if the responsibility comes, uh, they are more than willing to do it. Yes, there was a pressure to do it uh, because the wives, you know, made them do it this time. There was no other option, um, but uh, they fit into the role quite well. Uh, and I think that has also made a lot of dads realize that the importance of being at home is so critical. For the first time, they were able to see the dynamics taking place between the mother and the child, uh, which was never the case for most of the dads because they left in the morning at eight o'clock and came back at you know nine ten in the night. So they were they, they were never aware of these dynamics taking place during the day. So I think a lot of dads have started appreciating the work that is being done by their wives, um, and they are now wanting to be. Uh, more involved in their children's lives. Uh, they are wanting to participate a lot more. Uh, so it's it's a slight shift that has taken place. It's not a huge change, but you could probably say in single digits, you know, uh, dads are now wanting to, you know, stay at home um, and, you know, work with their managers, work with their leaders mm -hmm. uh, to figure out a method uh, of how they can, you know, spend those, you know, crucial hours at home uh, you know, during the week, not just the weekends. So in, in some way or the other, the, the pandemic has actually made a lot of dads get a taste of family life, uh, which was, you know, not the case for, for many decades out here. And that, that's a great spot to end because I always like to end on an optimistic note. So thank you everybody for joining us on the Global Dad Podcast. Please reach out to us individually. Our emails are at the end of this or connect with us on LinkedIn.